If you see the wonder of a fairy tale, you can take the future even if you fail. I believe in angels, something good in everything I see. I believe in angels when I know the time.
Hello and welcome again to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard and that was ABBA and I have a dream. I've got the great pleasure of welcome Yanni Haffer here today, who was uh, one of ABBA's key guitarists throughout their period recording. And he's got a, a wonderful career as a, a session musician and solo artist across a range of genres. Welcome, Yanni. Thank you very much. It's great to hear you loud and clear from uh, Sweden. So, um, I have a dream, the track specifically. Is that you on uh, sitar? Yeah, electric sitar. It's it's an overdub, actually. I, I remember yeah. some of the recordings I did with that, I, I totally forgotten. But uh, that one I remember very well, because uh, Ben called me and asked me if I could bring the sitar, electric sitar and uh, over play some uh, notes over his um, synthesizer, and uh, I mm. did that. So I like that song very much. I think it's... Uh, uh, I have a dream, but that was the same thing that uh, Martin Luther King said in a very famous speech, I think. Yes. We are in the run-up to Christmas now, and that's that's a song that is now associated with the Christmas period, certainly here in England. Okay, that's nice to hear. In Sweden, it's not so uh, connected to Christmas, I think. Oh, okay. Wow. It's, it's interesting how songs have different resonances there. Yes, absolutely, yes. Now, your story goes way back into the 60s. I understand you're in a, a range of bands, and including supporting uh, Pink Floyd? Yeah, we did. We were uh, we were supporting Act uh, 1967, I think, in, in a small club in, in Stockholm. And that was the only time that uh, Sid Barrett was with the Pink Floyd, and... Um, they borrowed our equipment, so Sid Barrett actually played my amplifier, which I still have in my collection, yes. Oh, and how did you get into playing on other artists' music in sessions? Okay, that I was um, examined in the school in 1966, and I studied at the Swedish Stockholm University for four years in 1970. I was asked by a very famous Swedish singer, Björn Schiffs, to play on his first album. And uh, I did that for, and, uh, and after that, uh, there was a conductor called Sven Olof Waldorf, and I was in his orchestra. And they, uh, just two days after that, the rumor was spread around in, in the among uh, the music uh, union and everything, that Jan uh, is a new guitarist who can he can read, yeah. can play in, in a special style, and and then I was, they called me and I was doing sessions as a full time session musician. Actually, I started that 1970, 50 years ago. Yeah, and there's some really interesting artists that music that you uh, played on and with. Um, including Johnny Nash, who is an, an artist that I'd naturally associated um, recording in Sweden. Yeah, he he was um, in Sweden to uh, write the, the film music for Swedish movie. Uh, I want to so much to believe or something like that. I don't know yeah. the English translation of that. And uh, he was the, uh, he had the main part in, in uh, as an actor as well, and I wrote the music. And um, when he recognized that uh, we were playing, it was 
me and Ola Brunke, who also played on ABBA records, yeah. we were hired as session musicians. And then uh, he noticed that, okay, this guy sort of can really play. So he mm. he called for a um, songwriter and who turned up and he said, we are going to do some... Uh, some demos for my new album, mm. and they go, you're going to teach. I'm uh, going to teach you. He's going to teach you to play new music, and the new music was reggae, and the uh, the songwriter was Bob Marley actually. Wow! So I sat next to Bob Marley, and he taught me how to play reggae, yeah. and uh, that was a year before he recorded Catch a Fire, which I think he recorded in 1972 in London. So uh, I and we did actually we did the record stir it up. Oh. So and that was very nice and uh, it was a very memorable time when we recorded in, in that for that movie. The movie wasn't a success in Sweden, but the music around and what happened around with Bob Marley and everything it's a it's a big story in Sweden. Fantastic. Well, let's uh, let's play Daydream from uh, the uh, Want So Much to Believe soundtrack. Yes. And it's uh, Christina Skolin, who is a very famous yes. actor in Sweden, and, and her daughter and her granddaughter are also very famous in Sweden. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice song, I think. It's mellow ballad, yes.
Another artist that you have a strong connection with is uh, Ted Yardstad. Yeah. I want to play Beat It Girl. I think this this is where the, the ABBA connection starts coming in a bit more. You know, Stigan Andersson has started a Swedish record company called Polar, and they, he hired Björn Elvius and Ben Andersson to be producers for Polar and uh, to find young, uh, talented artists. And uh, they found Teddy at the start and called me up and asked me if I could come to their office. 19, that was also 1971. And uh, they asked me, what do you think about this guy? And, and I, uh, he was fantastic. He was so great. Mm. So I said, this is fantastic. Okay, then they were... You can, you will play on this session. Yeah, well, very nice. Yeah, thank. And do you know a, a drummer who is not so working so much in, in those as a session? Yeah. And I recommended Ola Brunkett. And do you know a bass player? I recommended Mike Watson. Yeah. We played on um, Ted Yardestal's first uh, album and Björn Wendt produced it. And then when his, his vocals were uh, were okay. They said we have to have a choir behind Ted, and they called the girls, which was Agneta Helskog and Annafid Lindstad. So uh, we managed to get along very well, and and we it was a very happy feeling in the studio. And and we had um, and Mikael Betretov was uh, the engineer at the same time, and we we thought. And many many thought this is maybe we should do something on our own. And mm. um, so we actually before Teddy Anderson's first album uh, was released, uh, we recorded "People Need Love," was, which I think was the first yes. ABBA, real ABBA tune. But Teddy Anderson was a fantastic uh, singer, and "Beat It Girl" is from his first album, and. Uh, uh, I think he's uh, in Sweden. Teddy Anderson is a national hero, and um, I think he recorded 91 songs, and I play on 69 of them. And we became very good friends. We were very much connected together. And uh, I was uh, finishing the production of his last album, which is 1994, and uh, very tragically he. He committed suicide in 1997. And, uh, but his music is still living and is immensely popular in Sweden. And uh, it's, a, it's a big loss. And I, I remember him very much. And we were very close friends. And, and we used, I started the scholarship in his name as well in 1999. And it's still going on. And uh, it's very nice to hear his voice and hear his songs together with his brother who wrote the lyrics, Kenneth. Uh, it's good that his name his name, and his music lives on then. Yeah, it, it really does. And not so many people know that Björn Benny actually found him from the beginning. And uh, Björn Benny produced his four first album. And I play on almost every song on those albums. And then after that, uh, Abba came along too much, so, so uh, and Ted was actually recording in in the Hollywood night of '77, and uh, English album and um, an American album, and uh, but people in Sweden want to listen to Ted in Swedish. Yes. So 
Yep.
Now, earlier you mentioned People Need Love. Now, ABBA, although I don't think they were called ABBA then, their second single was He Is Your Brother. What were the early recording sessions like with ABBA? A very memorable. It was we had a very good time, and it was often that uh, Benny played the song on, on piano, and uh, we were the the harmonist down on the, on the paper, and then we were asked, "Do we have some ideas how how we should do this song?" And uh, I came up a few ideas, and and here's your brother. I I did some. I had some idea of the guitar licks. In, in the beginning, and I found that out, and they said, yeah, that's that perfect. It's a little country feeling, and uh, all sessions with ABBA was, we had a really good time, and it's a good, happy feeling, and we had, we came up with some ideas. It's so nice, and, and I'm very impressed how, mm. how they arranged the vocals over our backgrounds. Afterwards, you you never know hmm. when we recorded the backgrounds. We didn't know how the tune actually uh, should be come out. So it's it's fantastic, and, and they are really genius. All four of them, I think. And the music on that track sounds a little bit like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, maybe it does. I, I I was very impressed, and everybody in Sweden was very impressed by the Beatles. But we also. Uh, listen a little to the Beach Boys and uh, BDs yes. a little, so it's it's a favorite for both Benny and Bjorn yes. and me as well. I I think and He's um, Your Brother is is a very nice song. It it didn't it didn't make the charts so well. It wasn't a big hit, but um, oh. it's a, I like that song very much.
we can't not do a podcast with you without talking about your solo career. And we have a song from, is it your debut album here, No Registration? Yes, it is. <laughs> My first album. Yeah. Uh, we recorded that, so, that album, 1973. Yes. And um, I had worked very much in studios and with uh, Teddy Anderson and with Abba and a lot of other Swedish artists. I was doing mostly sessions and, and I played a little outside sometimes with Bjorn Schiffs as well. But then um, Ranger and producer Lasse Samuelsson asked me, if, do you want to make an album of your, of your own? Yes, I said, yes, please. Hmm. And I had some tunes. And I recorded it in 1973. And at the time when the album was released, I was doing a tour in Israel. Uh, with my very good friend Bjorn Jason Lind, and we played with a very, very good choir, Leif Strand's chamber choir, uh, with very extremely good Swedish jazz musicians. And uh, when I came back to Sweden, I was topping all charge for six weeks. Oh. And the, that 1973, we I also was recording with ABBA and uh, uh, Ring Ring. And uh, Ring Ring as a single was number one, but the album came to number two. But I took the charge for six weeks. So that was the only time in the Swedish history I, I was before hmm. ABBA. But I, and, I, and it was a very strange situation for me that me as, as a session musician, I, yes. I would sell more records than the artist I was backing up. But uh, I wanted to go on doing sessions because I thought that was a very, for me, it was, I, I liked that very much. So, uh, and I, uh, yeah. you could say I, I have two careers, one as a session musician, which I still do sometimes, mm. and then as a solo artist and a songwriter. So I do both at the same time and parallel, and uh, it works very good, I think. Yeah, and uh, your solo work gives you a chance to express um, different sounds, uh, you know, including sort of fusion or jazz rock, and um, that's led to your music being uh, sampled by some very famous artists, and uh, I understand no registration has been sampled by Christina Aguilera. Yeah, two years ago I got the mail from Hollywood and uh, that they sampled uh, the phrase in the beginning, and uh, sample it for uh, uh, sick or sitting uh, a tune of uh, yes. and that was produced by Anderson Park who is a fantastic producer and, and also is a very good artist he sings and plays drums and yeah. uh, I, I was very felt very honored that they chose that song for, for her and uh, so it means that my music is still living what <laughs> what you can say so yes. it's uh, I'm very proud of that I must say Thank you. 
the song for many people that um, got uh, ABBA into international stardom was Waterloo. You had a sort of role arranging that track, I understand? Yeah, not very much, but, you know, they huh. they were... ABBA was in the Swedish uh, Eurovision Song Contest in 1973, and they came number three, and then they wanted to uh, compete even 1974. And uh, at that time, Rutger Gunnarsson was playing the bass, and... Uh, we were working on that tune for rather long time in the studio, and, and Benny asked, "If somebody has something, we have to lick it together." As we had did the ring, ring, down. The ring, ring had the guitar bass phrase called down. Da, 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 da. But he said, "Could could somebody help us to, to find something that combine the refrain?" And I that um, that uh, Waterloo is in. In D, and, and I had made a tune on my own album, which I lowered down the E string to D, and then I figured out what what do you think about this? Yeah, that's a nice there. We could could we check that? Yeah. So uh, me and Rutger we play that bass line in in the refrain and. and Bjorn and thought that that was that's a good lick, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's not very much because they, I mean, mm. they have the vocals and the refrain and everything over that. So so, but it's nice to yeah. to put in some to do some small things in 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 a tune that's uh, helping them, so it will be a a, a success. And um, in the, when we played in in the. It was live recorded, broadcast in Sweden. Uh, they asked me, could you talk to the arranger so, and the conductor that Ola Brunkert could play the drums? Yes, I, I talked. That was Lasse Sommerson. And I was, we were very good friends. I asked Lasse, could Ola Brunkert play the drums? Yes, of course. So Ola Brunkert played drums on all... all with, there were... 10 songs competing at that time and Ola plays on all this and I play on on um, I'm, back, I'm in the orchestra backing up all artists actually and uh, actually at that time I think we had all, already recorded the songs which were competed I think I play on 9 of 10 <laughs> <laughs> on the recordings that day but uh, Abba was winning and that I, I was very proud that they won and I thought Absolutely thought they were the best, and uh, I always uh, admire the four of them as a genius in music. So, so yes. I was very proud that I played on on the Waterloo track and even put some small notes in in the arrangement in the background arrangement. So, it's it's not very much to it's uh, the thing with Abba is the vocals and the song melodies, so so it's fantastic. Mm. But it's, it's it was I'm very proud to have played with them and, and uh, honoured. Did you um, go over to England for the live show, or did you just play in the studio? You know, since I I I was I became very popular. I, I was like a teenage idol myself uh, on guitar, so yes. I formed my own group called Earmeal or in Swedish Hörselmatt together with Bjorn Yusson-Lind who is yes. a fantastic musician. We played on each other's records and I was asked to tour or doing live gigs with ABBA but 
1974, I was doing a tour in in the States with an American singer called Sean Phillips. Yes. And we made 42 gigs on 47 days. And when I came back, Abba called me, asked me if I could uh, do a TV program uh, doing a couple of weeks in, in the States. And I said, uh, my son was one years old and I said, I can't, I can't leave home now, but uh, you can take, I can recommend another guitarist called Lasse Velander. And mm. he, he is fantastic. So Lasse was uh, involved that from that on, he was involved with about together with me. We, we, if I couldn't play, they, they called Lasse. If Lasse couldn't, was occupied with something, they called me. So we, we both played. I think we played about, 50% of, of the ABBA records, both of us. Yeah. And yeah. even there are some, some other guitarists, sometimes Finn Sherby or, mm. and, uh, I know Anders Glenmark is playing on Money Money. Mm. But I, I, um, I was touring in Sweden with Bjorn Isolin and did some jazz fusion. I was working mm. with the Swedish radio jazz group as well. So I did a lot of other things, but I said, I, I will, I will, go on recording with you because it's mm. I like that very much it's it's, uh, it's a developing to try to make new music and, and see what happens with that
another artist that you're associated with is uh, Lee Hazelwood. One of the albums that you played on was uh, 20th Century Lee, and uh, a great track of his was Indian Summer. How did you get involved playing with Lee? Yeah, that was very strange, cause, but Lee Hazelwood came to Sweden, and he, I, what I heard, he had a Swedish girlfriend somewhere, right. uh, which I don't know who it was, but... Um, and. He did some recordings with Lasse Samuelsson that I play on. And uh, Indian Summer, he recorded with uh, Sven Olof Valdov, which I also was recording with. And on that track, we played uh, also Björn Jesson Lind, my, my very good friend for 43 years. Uh, he is also playing on that track. I also recorded a whole album, A House Safe for Tigers, Yes. Uh, which is uh, considered as one of Lee Hesselbold's absolute best albums. And that was a Swedish arranger called Mats Olsson, who was arranging the music of Lee. But um, in the summer, Lee took over to the States and he uh, made overdubs with Nancy Sinatra. So actually, I've never actually seen Nancy Sinatra, but I'm back. I'm on the backing tracks with Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra, and together with Björn Isolin. And that's one of. I'm very proud of that, actually. Yes, it's got um, a really distinctive sound all of its own. What were the um, recording sessions like? I can't recall very much of, of Lee Hazelwood. He was very. He was a very nice guy, and he was. He. It was, there were never any problems recording with Lee. He, he, he was, and he always used an arranger who wrote out the music. So we we were reading reading music actually. It wasn't the same thing as recording with Teddy Addison and Abba because then we had mm. they played the song and we have to write down the the harmonies and so on. But when we played with Lee, he always had an arranger and uh, who wrote the scores. So we. We were reading music actually, and, and maybe sometimes we were doing some improvisations and so on, but the, the music was arranged. I've never been as happy as I was that morning. That morning, we walked along the beach, a little like this one. It was a special autumn. It was that rare kind of autumn that you only find in North America. And we call it Indian summer. But it was quite simply our summer. And the image of you in your long dress was like a beautiful watercolor. And I remember very well what you told me that morning, a year ago. A century ago, an eternity ago. Think of me when this is just a memory. Will you still be loving me when the summer is gone? All my life, the taste of you.
today I'm far away. Far away from that autumn morning. But it is as if I were there now, and I think of you. Where are you? What are you doing? Do I still exist for you? I'm like a wave drawn by the moon, and sometimes I slip back like a wave. And like a wave, I lie down on the sand, and I remember. I remember the high tides, and the naked happiness, and the sun shining on the sea. An eternity ago, a century ago, last summer. Think of me when this is just a memory. Will you still be loving me when the summer is gone? All my life, the taste of you. Now, one of my favourite songs by ABBA in their back catalogue is Eagle. Uh-huh. It's a great track, and your guitar on that really adds to the the idea of the song about um, uh, freedom. Yeah, it, uh, that song we uh, recorded, that's an overdub from me, and uh, it's um, recorded in the studio called Soundtrade. Yeah. That's one tune I know exact, uh, know 100% that... Uh, Lasse Velander is playing on as well. So we play, we are both playing on that, but not at the same time. Ah. Uh, and uh, I, what I remember from that recording is they I, I put the overdubs over it and they told me how to play on it. And uh, so it's, it's a little improvisation and so on. So it was very nice. And I had a, a very special pedal echo pedal uh, called Morley which I used on, on that track so and uh, it was nice one one of the best songs actually I think with ABBA very 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 good song yeah yes it's uh, the same thing with I Have a Dream there was the same uh, there was also an overdub you know so later I wasn't wasn't involved in the backing track
We talked about your music being sampled. This is another song that has been famously sampled by an American artist, KRS-One, and it's your song, It's Never Too Late. Yeah, that my first two albums was recording with Lasse Samuelsson in, in Sweden. And that was a uh, Swedish record company called Europe Film. And then after those two, uh, I, it had nothing to do with my records. I was the only artist on that <laughs> Uh, record company who sold albums, but mm. they recorded a lot of other artists, so they had prob- economic problems. So I went over to CBS oh. and I recorded my third album was Catharsis in uh, on CBS, and um, that album was released in the States, and I got a fantastic review in Rolling Stone. And uh, after that, uh, two of the uh, directors from CBS came over to Stockholm and saw me playing live, and they said, "You have to record in <laughs> in Hollywood. Do you want wow. to do that?" Yeah, wow. yeah, of course. Hmm. And uh, how do you want to do it? And I said, "I I know I want to have Bjornie uh, and my best friend, as together with, with him. So we play on each other's record all the time at that time." And, um, and then I said, "I have no idea what." Which musicians I should uh, use in in Hollywood? I don't know who is famous in in the session. And uh, they asked me, "You have you have a lot of records, uh, Jana, at home?" And uh, yes, listen to it and say if if some if you find some drummer who you like. And I listened to an album with Les Dudek, a guitar player who was playing together sometimes with uh, all my brothers yeah. and I said that is, that's a very good drummer okay what what's his name I, I check here oh yes Porcaro his name oh he's very famous here then you have good taste I have oh but that's that's the type of drumming I want and then when we came over I met Jeff Porcaro and um, we had no bass player, so if you ask Jeff, do you know a bass player? Oh, my brother, Mike. <laughs> okay, yeah, we call him. And we have to have percussionists. We can take our father. He is a very good percussionist, Joe Porcaro. And then I also played together, and they had the third brother, Steve Porcaro. And uh, at the same time as I was recording in the, in Hollywood with those guys, they we were we got very good it was we had a very good connection together and uh, uh, Jeff Bacard took me and Bjorn to their yeah. uh, rehearsal studio and they said listen to this and and I was listening to the track hold the line oh, wow. and they said we formed we formed a group of our own as, as musician okay and uh, you know we have we have some favorites in in Europe Okay, which one is that? Abba. Huh. Oh, you like Abba? I, I, I'm I'm doing sessions with Abba. You do? Yes. You know, it's fantastic music, and uh, it's just four-letter word, and two of the, the, the letters are the same, A-B-B-A. Everybody realizes that, and that's why we are formed a group called Toto. Huh. T-U-T-U. Everybody will remember that. So that's, uh, that would be uh, some of the very memorable to have recorded with the Procora brothers, actually. And that song, uh, It's Never Too Late, has been sampled by uh, 
American hip hop artists as um, KRS One and Lady Rage, and, and uh, I'm very proud of that as well. It's fantastic. Today, it's an um, it's been a very special. Uh, I was is it's a very complicated music actually if you listen to it, but but uh, today I like it very much. It was we were a little ahead in time, and it's a music. Of, uh, it's another kind of music than yes. ABBA record, uh, the recordings with ABBA, but it's, it's developing for me as a musician to, to play a different kind of music.
You mentioned that development, and um, when I hear Abba's as if it wasn't for the night, yeah, I can hear you. your guitar style in the riff. It, it really comes across in that track. Is that something that you recognize? Yeah, I, that's also another recording that yeah. I would was um, in the, ba- the the basic track with the, the rhythm guitars, and I, I play all the guitars and the. My signum is, if you call it, is to play um, doing uh, uh, guitar lines in harmonies, and uh, uh, I did that on uh, uh, on that. If it wasn't for the night, and I think that's one of the most underrated songs of Abba. I like that very much, and I actually went with Abba in um, in England. Uh, to re-record it, uh, so they could uh, make an, an video. Uh, they always made. Uh, they never played live in uh, the TV shows, and it was also sing back. Uh, so, so, and I was in London when they recorded that for BBC, and it was it was fantastic. And I think it's a very good tune. Actually, I like it very much. <laughs> it's very disco. <laughs> and I like this. I play. It's a very, uh, it's a very rhythmical and danceable. You can dance to it. That's the meaning of that tune.
And you continue to to play with ABBA to the the very end, and one of their last recordings was Under Attack. What was it like working with ABBA at the the very end of their career? Did you know that it might be the end for them, or was it just another uh, recording? Uh, I I remember those lost uh, Cassandra and Under Attack would be recorded at in, in the. Polar studio and in the Polar studio they had a big studio and had a small one and we were recorded those two tunes in the small studio and um, the girls uh, Agneta and Frida was uh, they were checking the, the in which key they, we should play the song and they were in the studio but what I can remember is uh, the feeling wasn't that so very happy as a, as mm. it was in the beginning, and I I, I didn't uh, since I didn't go on tour with Abba, so I didn't know what had happened. But I I know they had divorced both of them, and uh, so I thought maybe this uh, I didn't know that this maybe was the last recordings for a while, very for a very long time since they. I know that they are recording now again, but I'm not playing on those tracks, actually. This last uh, is yes. doing that. But um, it was a little special feeling, but I think Under Attack is a fantastic tune. And if you listen to that and mm-hmm. compare it with the, from the first album, it's, uh, it's another way of... Uh, Benny has a, it's another way of writing music. I mean, it's, it's, a very, it's a very good tune. Under Attack is fantastic, I think. And when you look back at your work with ABBA, you recorded on over half of their material, and they sold so many albums. That's quite a legacy. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very proud of of that. That was uh, I mean, it was nothing was uh, planned or something. It it was only for uh, we we just uh, recorded when they have some had some music to record and, and made tried to make the best of it and uh, you know, there are four genius and uh, even Michael B. Trito who was the engineer he, he made a fantastic work on mm. all this big the, all, all the tracks of Obaba sound so good everything is you can hear it very clearly and it's, it's a complete songs all of them I think fantastic
And then about a year later, you were in... Well, I think you were already in the Electric Banana Band, weren't you? But um, Unidentified Flying Banana, <laughs> the single, was a, a big hit in uh, Sweden. And were you on a, a, a ch- children's television show? Is that how it kind of happened? Yeah, it's a long, long, long story. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I must just see if I can shorten it down a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, in Sweden, Lasse Åberg is a very good friend of mine. We met uh, in a TV show in 1963, uh, the first uh, first time. And then we met each other. Lasse is an artist. He went in an art school, Swedish biggest art school in Sweden. And he's a painter. But he also made TV shows and he also made the most successful movies in Sweden. And I was uh, doing the, the music for his uh, first uh, movie called, I don't know the English word, but Repmonad is the Swedish word for it. And then he asked me to yeah. to write uh, this signature for a program called Trasan and Banana. Trasan is instead of Tarsan. He, he changed the words a little bit, so it's Trasan instead of Tarsan and Banana. And um, I made the the signature for that, and then they uh, overdubbed the master uh, tapes in TV. So so it was uh, the whole series of the first Tarsan and Banana disappeared. And in 1980, he was supposed to do a new series, and he asked me if I could... uh, if I wanted to form a band together with him called the Electric Banana Band. And I said, yeah, of course. And do you have, do you know some other musicians? And then I was recording on my three, four, five, my fifth album. And I asked the musicians, Per Lindvall, Peter Jung, and Tommy Kassemar, do you want to uh, be involved in Electric Banana Band? Yes, everyone say, yeah, that'd be fun. Okay. And the only thing he didn't tell us was that we were supposed to be dressed like animals. Ah. <laughs> <I> play. <laughs> but it's, I mean, he's a, he's a comedian and uh, his movies, he has done six movies after Rap Monad. And um, I wrote the music uh, of the lo- his last two movies. It was called Helsoresan and the Stig Helmer Story. And uh, it's fantastic to work with Lars Oberg. He is so he writes the lyrics and I write the music. And um, we were not supposed to be in, in a, a group as usual. I, I used to say uh, this electric banana band is an artistic installation made by uh, Lars Oberg. We're not a working group actually, as as a Normally, but we we form each other when we when we asked and we are sold out. We have a big uh, concert hall in Sweden called the Globe in Stockholm, which you can have play for twelve thousand people. And we uh, two thousand or the year of two thousand, we played, we sold out two concerts in that. So wow. we are very popular, and we are still very popular in Sweden. And uh, it's. Um, the music we write today is for the whole family, and uh, we involved songs about this, the climate today, and because we think it's one of the 
biggest questions for for the future for the forthcoming children. So, uh, but we still we is, it's very rare that we play live, but the music is played very much in Sweden and. Uh, but Unidentified Flying Banana is the only one, only track that we recorded in English. And it became a hit hit in Italy, actually. Ah. So, uh, yeah. And uh, we have a backing vocals. And uh, one of the backing vocals in that on that track is, was he sang with the Hollies. He's called Mikael Rickfors. So he sang. Yes. Uh, yeah. Great singer. So... Yeah, fantastic. So um, I'm very proud of that. It's a it's a nice song. It's in a, it's a, it's a fantasy world. We 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 working and we we have it as a we have put our music together and Lasse has wrote score for a musical and we 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 made a very big show in the Malmo Opera two two thousand six. And it was supposed to go out up this autumn, but we moved it to next year, and we hope next year will be a better one than than this year, actually. Fantastic! Well, it's it's great to to know that the band, are, you know, are, are still active. <laughs> yeah, we changed a couple of the musicians, are are because um, uh, since we can't play regularly, where so we, we call we have a two or three bass players and a couple of percussionists and so on. So those who have played with us and knew the songs, they are, they are playing and, and they dress like animals. That's very important. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a plane. No! It's a giant banana! See the light expand 
Now we're going back to your solo career and Norland from the the mid-1990s here. And what I like about this song is you have such good guitar tone and sound on that track and the song just builds and builds. It's um, a really, really lovely piece of music. Thank you very much. I made a tour in the the north of Sweden and uh, I was very impressed and I got inspiration doing that tour. I was in the middle of the winter and I wrote a couple of tunes which I've, I think was on my ninth or tenth album. I, I recorded that and my friend Bjorn Yusalin is playing a sopranino flute and it's um, yeah, it's an, it's an inspiration of the north of Sweden and the north of Sweden in Swedish is called Norland.
And we're here, got to the final track. It was great to play another a solo song of yours. I think we're going back about a decade to Heart of Gold. For me, that, that song has got a similar sort of sound and, and feel as some of your uh, famous work from the 1970s. It's got that classic jazz rock feel. Is Was that something that you were aiming for? Yeah, I took a piece from, from a tune from my third album called Atlanta Inn, and I re, rewrote it and together with a, a guy who sings on it, Tobias Ågren, and he wrote the lyrics and made a melody, a vocal melody over it, and uh, it's a little inspiration. It's the type of music that... Uh, uh, you know, Quincy Jones was uh, producing yeah. uh, Michael Jackson, and, and we it's a trying to it's a sort of same uh, rhythm feeling that we have that, and uh, I like that tune very much. And we, it's always we make people dance when we play that outside, and, hmm. and uh, I'm very proud, and I very I work with. Tobias Ågren, and I also work with uh, another vocalist called Johan Boding in Sweden. He's a fantastic singer, and he can sing, uh, he sings Queen songs as well. Yeah. Very, very, very good. And uh, even Teddy Aristod. So uh, if, the, if Tobias is occupied, I will work with Johan, and if Johan is occupied, I work with Tobias. And we do the Teddy Aristod, and we do ABBA, and I do a couple of my own songs, and we do electric banana songs, and that's my my concerts where I'm I play and I tell stories about the recordings and uh, how I met each other and how we met each other, and it's fantastic. And I'm very proud that uh, Tobias has mm. made the song uh, from the 70s, middle of the 70s, uh, to sing on uh, as a vocal song. And Heart of Gold is, and it's not the Neil Young song, but it has the same title. Wow. Yes. Looking into next year, you've got lots of live shows planned, and it, it seems that you're very, very active at the minute. I mean, subject to the restrictions of the uh, pandemic, of course. Yeah, you never know. With this, this, this uh, I mean, I've been playing in this as a musician for fifty years, and this year was a nightmare, I think, is you couldn't believe it. And yeah. over the whole world, it's the same thing. And then it's a very strange thing, but I hope we can come out of it very well. It will, I don't think it will never be the same. It was before and after the pandemic and uh, the corona thing. And um, mm. But the music will still live. And um, yes. I hope I can play together for an audience as soon as possible because that's what I really long for very, very much. And I hope everybody can come through this as well as possible. And I wish everybody happy Christmas and a happy new year and hopefully a very much better year next year than this one. That's such a fitting way to end Yanni what a pleasure and privilege it has been to talk to you and uh, listen to your stories of the last 50 years and 
remarkable music. I'd just like to thank you so much for your time. It's been brilliant. Thank you very much. I'm uh, very honoured and proud that you would like to speak to me. Um, I hope you go well. The same to you. Thank you. Thank you thank very you. much. Take care. Right, bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Unless I know you'd follow me I surely can stay Cause it made me hollow Told you once You know I can settle down On the moon Drifting from time to
for listening to the Strange Brew podcast. If you do like the show, please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online. It's 10 years since I started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time. All your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests. To support me, just go to thestrangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the homepage. Thank you very much. Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.